Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the Blended Life. Hey. So, tonight's <laughs> topics. What's so funny? We're going to talk about wanting to leave your marriage and your blended family. <laughs> Something you haven't let me know yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to kind of talk about the effects this pandemic and the country shutdown has had on everyone. Right. And... Um, we're going to finish off with actually addressing a viewer-listener situation okay. about she's just really struggling and not knowing what to do in her blended family. Interesting. And all okay. the things. She's got all the questions, so. Yeah. Um, that's it. All right. Well. But first, I was like, we should probably address the fact that we weren't on last week. I know. Whose fault was that? Yes. Mm. It was kind of both of our faults, I think. I think the week just got away from us. We couldn't podcast Thursday because you had work. Right. And then we were like, we put a poll out, like complete assholes. <laughs> what <laughs> night should we do this? Friday or Saturday, and everyone voted, and then we did neither. It wasn't it split. It was pretty split down the middle, uh, right? I, I don't know. I think that Friday won. No, maybe Saturday won. I don't know. <laughs> we Pop didn't quiz. Get... No one won. Yeah. So sorry, so. you guys. We've been... Yeah, you weren't feeling good. So I think we were going to do it Saturday night, and then you just weren't feeling good. And then it was like, we're just not doing it. <laughs> well, it wasn't that. It was that we were... Sunday was Mother's Day and Annabelle's birthday. Right. And we were scrambling around yeah, all day Saturday. Weekend. Like, Friday night, it started after work. We yeah. were crazy trying to prepare everything for the weekend and then it just the weekend got away from you feel us like and when things get going i'm sure you guys can relate to this it's like okay we got to get through this weekend it's gonna be the craziest weekend we're gonna be done and then you get done with that weekend and you start your next week and then the same thing over and over again yeah i'm like we never been... slow down i'm like what we just started and i'm like sweating just rushing trying to get ready for this from one thing to the next to the next to the next and i'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that yeah, I often wonder how I'm going to get through the week or get through the day. And I have no Coffee. idea how I'm going to get everything done that I need to get done in a day. Right. And that was more so before this pandemic happened. That was my life. Like, I, I did not know how I was going to get through the day. I was flipping out, super anxious, moody. And now you have homeschooling on it. You have kids with you all the time, whether they're in school or not. It's like you're constantly around your kids if you're not leaving to go to work. 
And I think that kind of segues us into this being with your family the whole time. You know, you don't get a break from anyone. Well, unless what I say right now is that if you're sharing custody right now with your... I'm all up, Chris. Um, if you're sharing custody and your kids get a break... Like, blended families who have shared custody kind of have a a little bit of a silver lining here because we do get a break. We do. From them. You know? <laughs> well, when they get a break from us, they get yeah. a change of scenery between homes, which is nice when you're stuck at home. Um, we get a break from the monotony of the homeschool. You know, I'm not homeschooling five days a week. Right. I'm homeschooling the days that the kids are here, which is, you know, two, three days a week. I was going to say a joke, but okay, yes, two or three days a week. You know what I mean? So we're, you know, you're kind of in a blessed right now if your kids, and your kids are too, if they can go have different interactions with different like, people. How and, good is this homeschooling right now? Like, how how good is this working out for you guys? I mean... My one of my kids was already homeschooled before this, and I feel like even the homeschooling program like kind of took a hiatus. Everyone is kind of like, eh, like do work, show up if you can. It's a pass or fail. I'm like, in some people don't know if it's a pass or fail. I'm like, who else is confused about schooling besides that? Like the kids, you know, like Annabelle tried to get on her classroom the other day, and it she didn't have a link to get into it or a passcode or something. So she's just like, eh, I'm just going to watch YouTube. <laughs> so I go up and I'm like, what are you doing? You're watching YouTube? You're on the phone with me. And she's like, yeah, I don't have a passcode. I can't get in. You know, and that turns into this whole, whole ordeal. Like, well, you should have been on a half hour ago. Email your teacher. Find out this passcode and yeah. figure out what's going on. And then she gets on finally and it's like, eh, no big deal. Well, you know? working and having kids homeschooled, that's really hard. Right. It's really hard. I've tried to take her to work with me because my office is pretty secluded. I don't, people don't come in and out of it. Right. So she's able to just be in my office. Um, and that was really, 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 really hard because I'm trying to do my job and she needed her handheld. <laughs> <laughs> it just wants the attention. Yeah. Well, you know, kids and feel it's like just, they're around their parents. Now they just want the attention. And right? she had to learn like. Google Classroom was fine, but then in her setup that they had for their school, there's a bunch of different, like it looks like apps and a bunch of different programs they have to learn to use and where to find the assignment within the program. To Mind you, to, this is a fourth grader trying to figure all yeah. this out. And, and this so, is new to everyone too. It's not like the teacher's like, oh yeah, I had time to plan for this. Like, let's go. Here we go. Yeah. You know, the teachers are trying to plan this new stuff and it's just, in the right. words of Julie, a shit show. Wow, I'm so proud of you. I know, I use you. my own big words now. Sorry. He's such I a big boy later. now. So yeah, homeschooling and working and um, it's I'm grateful that our kids get a break from us and we get a break from them. But what about us? <laughs> we don't really get a break from each other unless we're away from each other with our kids usually or someone's at work. I feel like, you know, it's not... You and I are fine because we do leave the house for work or you leave the house and I leave the house sometimes. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. really, like, a lot of these families are now working from home and you're seeing all these TV commercials come out and everyone's filming these TV commercials from their, like, cell phones in their living rooms and stuff, you know? Like, all these COVID-19 things. But anyways, all these families are staying home you know, they're not getting that break from one another. And I feel like it's raising nerves, you know, people are getting on each other's nerves 
And it's like, I'm not getting the break from my husband or wife that I used to have. And maybe I'm not so excited to be with this person all the time. I know. Are we combining topics one and two right now? I think so. You think so? I think so, you guys. All right. <laughs> Sorry. It just It's just working. But it's making me think, you know, like, yeah. gosh. I think a- that right now being able to not escape or have a break or whatever you call it does exasperate the small annoyances it highlights everyone's imperfections like we're so sick of you know the same thing 20 times a day like if you ask me that again I'm going to punch a hole in the wall type of a thing (laughs) it just makes it all it makes it all hypersensitive about stuff now yeah. You know, it's in, well, here's the deal. So Annabelle this weekend had a bir- a drive-by birthday on Mother's Day. She had a drive-by. She had a drive-by, that's so weird to say, but so we set up in our front yard and we had, you know, a pop-up tent and banners donuts. and donuts and you know, people drove by our house and said happy birthday and you know, it was a really great time. What caught me off guard though was the connection because I can't tell you how many times I locked eyes with like a a friend of mine and they're in their car and it was such an overwhelming sense of like you got teary-eyed a couple times I saw I did get teary-eyed it was weird I wasn't sad I don't even know why it was just it was overwhelming to have human connection again that wasn't via screen like it's different I'm right here hon anytime Away, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but it was just, it's it's odd because we've been so restricted from human connection. Right. That to have that again Even was wild. Even when you go out to, to like it a store weird. or something, like there's not really human connection. Like everyone has masks on except for me. And plastic in between and you. plastic in between you and they stay away from one another. And you just, you can't tell if someone's smiling at someone or expressions anymore because everyone has these plain masks on and it's just it's not inviting you know yeah so it makes it takes all the fun out of shopping now too which is fine (laughs) but it was just it was just just odd to have those that and I just my point in saying all that was I think we don't understand the impact that this isolation has had on us until we don't have it anymore. I, I think that it's, it's, we are all like, when it, it's often like a bad relationship, right? When you're in it, you're, you can't see what's going on. When you're on the other side of it, you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you realize like how abusive or how hard or how toxic or how awful it was. And, you know, I think that's the same thing here. Right. I would like, I would like you to read Jessica's comment out loud. And if you guys are watching this, mm. feel free to chime in, type in, ask questions. Like, let's have, <laughs> some, let's have some fun. Jessica's yeah. going to start the party. <laughs> Jessica, hey girl, says, hey guys, I'm or hi. I can't, you know what? You didn't even say hi. I'm sorry. I can't read. I <laughs> forgot how to read. I forgot how to read. Guys, I'm losing my mother fucking mind. She didn't say that. She said effing. Yeah. Way but- to blow us up. This situation really puts a microscope on relationships, all of them. Partners, kids, friends, etc. Yes. 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 <laughs> and I was just talking to my neighbor 
right before this podcast, we were outside because she was losing her mind. She was losing her mind. Um, and she said to me that she's very hopeful that we all are more intentional with connections now. Like we don't feel like we need to be at every party, be at every function, be involved in every activity that we are more choosy about who we share ourselves with. Oh, oh now she a choosy hoe. <laughs> but really like she, she said that she just hopes that we are more intentional and more choosy because you you really understand how much it matters who you let in when you're able to have this reset. You know, this right. is a time where we can really evaluate everything that we're doing. You know, what where our time and attention has been, where our money has gone, you know, where... People are getting creative. It's fun to watch the way that... I mean, just the drive through birthday, for instance, you know. People are being creative about how they interact and how they social distance i guess um it was kind of neat i was out front this this afternoon i hadn't even told you yet um and a car pulls up and i'm like who is that and this girl gets out and it's <laughs> like yes <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was melin from church and she's got this little this little goodie bag over there that you can see and she's going around to all the junior high ministry and they're bringing just like little perk up bags for all the youth kids. Oh, that's really for all, neat. For all the junior high kids, this is what they were doing it for. So I, I don't know if they'll be doing it for high school and mm -hmm. the other stuff. But she's like, hey, is Jared there? And I'm like, no, he's at his mom's today. She's like, should I come back tomorrow? I've got this for him. You know, just something to, to cheer them up. You know, and I'm like, you know, how many more do you have to do? She's like, I think I have like 48 or something more to do today. I'm like, go ahead and leave it. <laughs> you know, get on with your route. And, you know, we talked for a moment, though. And it's just neat to see how people are being creative and coming up with ways to connect with people that you normally wouldn't. So, blowing me up, Aaron. You're blowing me up. Um, sorry, Instagram. Um, so, yeah. So, it's neat to... It's just neat to watch, you know. Yeah. Everyone's coming up with different ways. Um, you know, birthdays, uh, front yard picnics, six feet away, <laughs> you know, whether you agree Cocktail with that Cocktail night on the front... <laughs> Yard will be doing that Wednesday at the house. Right. So, yeah. So, just Cocktail night. neat things. Yeah. Um, I think that it does, though. Everything gets under your skin and becomes exacerbated. Exacerbators. Yeah. You're an exacerbator. And so, you know, sometimes that, you know, you have to pick and choose your battles. Like, right. you know, you're not going to have a confrontation about every little thing right now because it's a pointless rabbit hole and then it just gets bigger and bigger. So sometimes you just have to say nothing and go for a walk. Right. Or, but what if it gets to the point to where you're just like, I'm so exhausted. I'm so sick of this. I want a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. I want to change a pace. Mm -hmm. I'm not liking the direction my life is going, you know, then are we talking about, Marriage? Are we talking about anything? And that's a but very yeah, like broad. It really is. But yeah, I mean, marriage generally, I mean, you're stuck at home. You're thinking about all this and you're like, the grass is greener on the other side, you know? Mm. Okay. Well, I've been married three times <laughs> and. Hang on. I think I have clapping here. Oh, there I do. I do. I do. I. Oh. But then we walked down the aisle this time and I said, I said this to her. To a club where people wear on each other. And she said yes. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I think I got some other ones. You want to oh hear? My God. No, I was gonna f- see. This okay, is my sorry. thing. <laughs> it's the Eric show. I'm just having a good time, you guys. Um, no, but here's the deal, right? And if you've been in relationships, you know that the grass isn't greener, right? Because no one's perfect. So you really are just trading one set of problems because we're all human, right? You're trading one set of problems for another set of problems. And the thing is, it's like we take for granted how comforting it is to already know somebody's problems and be able to live with it. Like you aren't going to like it. It's going to be annoying. Um, But you know what to expect. You know how to kind of live with it. And when you give that up and trade it in for something else. Well, usually the something else. Okay. Here's what here's a good analogy because I like analogies. It's like I really enjoy the car that I drive. I, I or I know the car that I drive. It gets me through. It has some problems, but it drives just fine. <laughs> but as a broken, you're definitely light. not going to go buy that brand new car. I mean, some of us would, but you're not going to, right? You're going to go to the used car lot because that's what that's what new relationships are. They're they're used car lots. You go to the new used car lot, and that car looks all polished and sparkly, and that person's looking nice and good and you don't see the problems until you drive this thing for a few months or a couple of years and all of a sudden all these problems are back but now you have more problems because the last one was paid off but now you've got (laughs) you're still paying for this now you've got this new payment and these new problems and you've already put all this time and effort into the last car i'm a car guy if you guys didn't know you know but you're you're always going to have this new set of problems that's going to come and it's very rare that you just find that perfect one you know <laughs> it just doesn't happen that often but sometimes it does but not that often yeah. but that used car definitely has some problems <laughs> what kind of used car am i you're like a 1971 volvo <laughs> no i'm just kidding I'm just what kidding. the fuck <laughs> That's fine. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, You're a Chevelle. Anyway. I'm into the classics. Yeah. But, I, you know, much. it does matter. You know, I was married to somebody who we brought out the absolute worst in each other. Right. And here's what I will tell you, because we both have been through bad marriages, good relationships. I mean, I think we both have run the gamut between the two of us and I just you need to sit with it you know you don't make decisions based on emotions number one right you have to set your emotions aside and when children are involved and you're really thinking of leaving because I've been there if you're really thinking of leaving and children are involved if you don't have kids you do what you want you know, you're messing up your your life. You're not messing up other people's lives right. who have no say. Right. When kids are involved, whether you're in a blended family or you're in a natural born family, um, you need to put your emotions aside and you really need to see what is in the best interest of the kids. You know, if the best interest of the kids is to have you suck it up, and they can have access to their mommy and daddy every day until they're 18 and grown and out of the house. You know, if that's the best interest of the kids, because when you have kids, 
It's not about you anymore. Right. And I think that people, we often have, I don't know if you're ever ready to have kids, but I think people get pregnant before they're ready for whatever reason. And they don't fully understand that. Usually the reason sex. That's usually the reason they get pregnant. I just learned this in like third grade. Third grade. Yeah. You know, but you have kids before you're ready or before you're done living for whatever reason. And then you resentful because you feel like you missed out or you're missing out. And I've been there too. And I just, uh, but that's all feelings based. I'm feeling like I'm missing out. I'm feeling like I don't like my life. And it's really all about you when you need to really consider kids, um, you know, and then you might find yourself feelings aside, thinking that two loving households is better than one very toxic, very verbally abusive household. But you also just hit a point. Now it's two households and that complicates things so astronomically. I mean, we've been going through this. I went through this whole divorce thing back in 2011. So that's what, nine years ago? And it hasn't gotten any easier. I mean, things have gotten easier, but it's still complicated, right? The kids are still, you know, at that house or this house. I still need to ask for vacation time or workout holiday schedules. And there's just a whole realm of things that go on that you can't fathom and there's still things going on. Yeah. Like like for instance, there's graduation about to happen and our daughter's going to graduate high school in like 2 weeks and now we have the social distancing thing going on that we never fathomed would happen, right? So they they reach out to all the kids in the senior class and say, "Hey, here's options. What do you guys want to do?" They basically take none of the suggestions like we did for Friday and Saturday and they go a different route and they're like, we're going to have a drive through graduation ceremony and there's only one car allowed per family per, or per, per kid graduating. Mm-hmm. So now we haven't worked this out yet. We're like, wait a second. We're a split family. We're a blended family. How are we going to, how's our family going to go celebrate her graduation and how's her mom's family going to go celebrate her graduation and like it's just stuff like that that we can't foresee in the future yeah it's just so complicated right it's so wild so a quick little plug i'm actually gonna i think i got a long enough cord oh my gosh look at this well people who are listening can't people who are listening are gonna have to go onto our youtube and watch because we got a special box in the mail today oh yeah from one of my close friends you can keep talking while I rip this thing open. Because I can, nobody's going to be able to hear me. We're going to just put this up on the table here. Wild here. with it. This is like an unboxing video, you guys. I've always wanted to do this. So this is a neat thing that our close friends, Chris and Laura, are doing. for The graduating not, seniors. Yeah, but also like graduating junior high or graduating elementary school. Look at that. And there's actually, there's little stakes in it too. There's a, yes. So if you're listening and not watching, we're holding up a yard sign for my stepdaughter, his daughter. Yeah. Um, with her picture so, on it and it says, what does it say on the front of it? 
Yeah, it I says, got more pieces we love our senior Arroyo Grande class of 2020. So the neat thing is they designed this. It's not anything that, like, basically you get an app that they se- or they send you um, a link and you watch this whole thing be made from start to finish proof and it mails to you, you know, and then, yep. well, there we go. There. How's this podcast sound tonight, you guys? <laughs> Weird so, sounds. So, yeah, it's a yard and then sign. And this, this hooks into it, bleep, and you drop it right in your yard. Or yeah. what else I've seen people doing, which is super neat because we're a blended family, is people are now dropping them in the front yard of the school. So, like, the high school is now collecting signs. Are they? Yeah. That's fun. We should add that. I was thinking, it, our, I was thinking it'd be kind of neat to add mm-hmm. and then see if she notices. Totally. It'd be Want to do that? Yeah, I do. We'll so go I, drive by tonight. All right. Let's, okay. let's add it. And we'll take a picture. Yeah, we'll put it on social media for you, we'll guys, show you guys to check out. So that's... Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, when you get... So people think that they are going link in the to... Description. Link in the description. You um, guys where to get these. People want to leave their marriage because they're bored, upset, missing out. Grass is greener. I'm over it. I want to be single. Whatever the reason is. And I think that that's normal to feel something like that in a lifetime of a marriage. I think that that's a normal thing. But what people don't often realize, especially people with kids, is that you might feel like you're gaining freedom you know, by getting a divorce, but you are absolutely losing any and all freedom you have parenting. So in, while you may be gaining freedom in your social life, you are forfeiting your freedom as a parent. And you don't realize how precious that is until it's gone. Unless you somehow, like the other person is just absolutely terrible or they're dead or they're in prison or... They're beating you. They have to they're be... They're beating the kids. And it has to be proven, you know? So unless there's like police reports and like good reasons for mm-hmm. them not to see the other parent, which still doesn't always work out that way, now at best, you're going to have your kids 50% of the time. And that's literally, I mean... It ties uh, your hands. You my can't son and move. I are thick as thieves. Yeah, you know, and he has a mom who loves him so much, and I literally only get to see him fifty percent of the time. He's with me for a week at a time. He's with her for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it always has its pros and cons. But the the greatest pro of all time would be having your kid full time, always being with your kid, right? And sometimes you can't. Like, that's out of your hands. That's out of your control. But you're losing time with your kids. So that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't think of or take for granted. Right. You know? I mean, you you know, I will tell you parents, and including ourselves now that we have teenagers, in the beginning it seems like parenthood takes for fucking ever. Wow. Right? You can't wait to get to the first birthday, the fifth birthday. God, right. you know, like, just start school already, kid. You know, and then it goes by in a flash. And so, you know, you have your kids, like if you live 100 years, you have your kids 18 of those 100 years. That's not even like 20% of your life. That's right. that's really, really short amount of time that you're actually parenting. And then to cut that in half, you know, it's it's a really hard pill to swallow. And let's just talk about the person that they're going to marry or date or people <laughs> 
that they're gonna your ex is gonna marry or that new lifestyle or that new lifestyle that they might live whether it's short-lived or it's long-lived oh yeah new religions get introduced that your kids are have to be exposed or if you're religious no religions or (laughs) (laughs) yep what are you reading so Someone says we need to let go of the fear of being ostracized and hurt for choosing to vo- to divorce just because the other parent won't allow parenting. My brain's still comprehending all of this. I'm super slow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ostracizing people for getting divorced. No, not at we all. We are divorced. Right. You know. And, and I, this last divorce was your choosing. My divorce wasn't my choosing, but last of like your divorce was your choosing. That's right. And I don't feel guilty for it. You know, it was the right choice for myself. It was the right choice for my kids. And I never would have made that choice if I didn't wholeheartedly believe that my kids were better off with two loving households than one very toxic one. But you also didn't just jump the gun and go, hey, I'm done, I'm out, or I'm going to go cheat on you, and that's going to give me a way out. Like, you drug this, not drug this out, but you communicated with yeah. your ex-husband yeah. for a couple years. I mean, I went I went to therapy um, for a year and a half before I was ready to walk away. Like, it took me a lot of soul-searching. It took me, because it was... But you also talked with him I was a, a lot about this, too. It wasn't I like did. you held this all in, and then, like, ha, I'm here. No, Now, but, here's here's what's going to happen. Like, you try to work through these things, and then you get to a point where you're like, all right, this just won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we are two totally different people. And a lot of times, um, a lot of us got married when we were young and we didn't know what was best for us or we didn't know truly who we are. I mean, there's a lot of growing up. I did that up. too. <laughs> what I've haven't you done? done? It all. <laughs> She'll yeah. do anything. I just, you know, my wound is love and that comes from <laughs> fucked up daddy issues. And I know this for being in therapy for like 20,000 years now. I just beeping you out at this point. Um, but we do, you know, you need to think about why you make the decisions you make so you can stop making them. Um, and when I, there was a lot that happened and I will share three things that led me to end my marriage because it was a very drawn out long process. You know, I was in therapy for a year and a half and that wasn't enough. You know, that was not enough for me to walk away, no matter how much I was there in my head. You know, um, I really, really, I couldn't put it together. And it wasn't until, like, I came home and I did. I was like, I think this is over. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. And mind you, I had been asking to go to, like, marriage counseling for um, a million years, like, you know, years I had been asking and it was a no, 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 that's bullshit, you know, whatever, I'm not going to go. And that's the typical male answer. I feel like guys just don't like therapy. I used to be that way. And then finally um, I'm like, all right. And now like, we're back. It helps. And circle. now I'm back that way. Um, yeah. So it's a very dude thing <laughs> not kidding, to I'm like take distancing. it seriously, not to want to go. It causes more problems, all the things like it's, it's, I've heard this, you know, it's just a guy thing. But when I was re- when I told him that I was thinking about like I'm I'm pretty much done, it, then it was like oh, 
well, let's try marriage counseling. <laughs> so, okay. I wasn't going to walk away not of course, trying if, if someone's absolutely try. everything I could do. So yeah. we go to marriage counseling, session three. Session three, I will never forget it. He goes, he was, the therapist asked him, you know, why are you here? Like, what do you want out of this? Why are you here? Right. The first couple sessions are like background and history and getting to know each other. And when did you meet? How many kids? Whatever. So then we get to the question, you know, why are you here? And um, (laughs) he goes, "Um, well, I'm fine. I like who I am. I'm good with who I am. And he's like, you don't you don't need to change. There's nothing you feel like you need to work on or change. And he said, no. He's like, I really like who I am. I'm good with who I am. I'm a good person. He's like, I'm just here to learn to deal with her crazy ass. And in that moment, I was like, done. We never went back because it's not one person's fault. You don't get to the end of a relationship on one. You know, someone doesn't cheat on you. Like, it takes two to make or break anything. And for somebody to just not. So there was that. And then, you know, I'm a religious girl and I. With the mouth of a sailor. Yeah. And I. Full of semen. <laughs> sometimes. And um, I grew, I was a product of divorce growing up. And so I really wrestled with, you know, not wanting my kid. I wasn't going to do to my kids what my parents did to me. Right. I wasn't going to do to my kids what my parents did to me. And I said that when I got married at 18, right, I never would have gotten divorced. I got left. That wasn't my choice. And I was heartbroken. And you guys have all heard that story, I believe. So that kind of got taken away from me. So marriage to I have kids in this marriage and I'm just not going to do that to my kids. Um, And God, this is wrong. You know, there's that whole religious aspect. And um, I really wrestled with that. And I was going to church alone because he wouldn't go with me. And I, you know, we had been through, I'd been through a year and a half of counseling on my own. Marriage counseling, you know, was a shit show. And I'm in church and I am just broken. And I, you know, it's the weirdest thing. And I, people are, I don't know how you all are going to receive this. All I can say is I remember exactly where I was sitting in our church and the Holy Spirit just washed over me. And I heard God you know, really like God released me from all the guilt and all the questioning. And it just got put on my heart that God wouldn't want this marriage for any of his children. Like this isn't a godly marriage. Like this is not so many vows were broken. It doesn't matter if a penis didn't enter another person's vagina or butt or mouth or ear or nose. There's really a lot or hand. It doesn't matter. You know, everyone just thinks that cheating is the only vows that can be broken, right? And, um, you know, and I just started weeping out of just, I felt like a thousand tons of bricks were just lifted off my shoulders. And I was released in that moment from my marriage. And that was like the final, like why I was actually able to walk away. I don't know if I could have walked away without that happening because I really would have stayed for the kids and done the right thing. Do it for the kids. You know, but my kids are happy. 
my kids love both homes so much. They have step parents that they love so much. But that was something you struggled with for a long time. And you mentioned it earlier is you don't get to pick who your spouse or ex-spouse ends up with. And that's something you struggled with for a long time because you actually had history with your ex-spouse's new partner, wife. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't good history. You guys were actually very close at one point, mm-hmm. And it tore relationships and friendships apart long before your divorce ever happened and before um they ever got together mm-hmm. and you were just like that is one evil person mm-hmm. and then a couple years later a few years later mm-hmm. it's like oh look who he ends up with mm-hmm. and you're just like that person can't be around my kids right like so know that you choose to walk away from your family you, you don't get to choose that. a step parent yeah and it could be anyone Um, and so while I, you know, we're obviously divorced, so we can't sit there and and say that divorce is wrong. It wasn't wrong for me and it wasn't wrong for my kids, but you know, I know a lot of people who lay their heads on their pillows at night thinking that they made a mistake or wondering what if, or feeling guilty about something. And I would just, if that, if you think that you want to leave, you really need to take the time to get to a place where you're going to not feel guilty for doing so because there is nothing worse than having a broken family and hurt kids. Like you're hurting kids and it better be worth it. So you really just have to understand that it's, it's not a decision that you make lightly. It's not a decision you make really fast. I mean, unless there's abuse, then you know, get out as fast as you can. But if it is just you're bored and you're unhappy and you're missing out and the grass is greener and I feel unfulfilled and, you know, I don't feel seen. And I, cause every woman doesn't feel seen in their marriage. Every woman doesn't feel seen as a mom at some point. Or an Instagram model. Are you an Instagram model? <laughs> no, I just haven't seen you as one. <laughs> you're not seen, love. You're not seen. Anyway, I just, you know, it's normal to feel like you want to go, but I would just say it really needs to be a decision that is, that is heart, mind, soul, spirit, like it, you know, every box feels okay with it and you feel resolved um, and you don't feel regret, you know, because you're going to have to answer to your kids. Maybe not now. You know, kids are little, they're pliable, but you have to answer to your kids when they're older. I've had to talk to both of my parents and I asked them both like, what the fuck happened? And, um, you know, so know that too. It's, it's, there's lots of lives you're playing with when you walk away. So the grass isn't always greener. What is the stupid saying? It's like, it's a good saying, but I roll my eyes every time. The grass is is greener where you water it. So stupid. <laughs> Here, make that face again. Now you're going to become an Instagram model. I'm going to take your picture. I'm not pretty enough Do to that be an Instagram model. I'm you not. Are. No, go away. So, yeah, that's a good lesson, though. You know, if you water your grass, it'll grow. That'll be on social media later. If you don't water your grass, it'll die and be dry, and you'll need lube. Wow. Yeah. Or grass? spit. 
I've never used lube on my grass Have before. Have you spit on grass before to get it wet? Not to moisten it, but <laughs> is that still a gross word, moist? It doesn't bother me, moist. but a lot of people are offended by that word, so you probably shouldn't say it. <laughs> hey, Brooke. Um, so, yeah, I think we beat the whole leaving your married person. It's not even a dead horse. That's a dead donkey. Yeah. The pandemic and this isolation bit has been really hard on friendships. Um, good, Well, good and bad. I feel like it's torn a lot of... It's distance. It's socially distanced a lot of people. However, flip side, I had a really nice thing happen with a friend today. Yeah, you did. But I'm also like flip side, like I've also seen some, or not seen some people in a really long time. I didn't really care to see in the first place. Flip side, you know now who, who your real matters. friends are. Well, I think that you can weed out like who matters to you and who you just fill, you know, filler food. <laughs> who's <laughs> filler food in your life and who's Why, yes, like, I am hungry. who's the meat and who's the potato chip? The potato, but they're both excellent. Like who's the meat and who's the. One fr- is good for you and one is bad for you yeah but they're still both great i'm like pizza for everyone anyways yeah so what about friendships are you seeing with your friends french fry chips okay um i you know what i talk to a lot of like my friends often you know i uh, but even outside of this i don't hang out with people like i once did you know i hang out with you guys like my family, and then in circumstances or situations, I hang out with people. Like yeah, but you talk to people. But I talk sun to people to all the time. I, I'm always texting people, but it's usually sun not up like, sun up. hey, bro, what you doing? Like, hey, you know, it's not like just BS usually. Like, we usually have something going on. We're talking about something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, getting things done. But that's how my friendships usually are. Yeah. So, but you also see people not reaching out like they once did, you know. Someone can't just come over to borrow something like they once did, you know. But you don't have as much of that anymore. People are um, really limited on what they do or where they're going or who they're seeing. So I feel like a lot of that gets weeded out too. Like, Yeah. Well, um, I think friendships are suffering a whole lot right now because I think people are dealing with mental health issues. They've never even considered that they could have. And I don't think that they even understand that they're dealing with. I don't think that a lot of people think that mental health issues are for like psychopaths and schizophrenics or really sick and people, severe like depressed a, people, yeah. like clinical depression where you're on medication. Um, but I... I think that it's hard for people who are depressed or dealing with anxiety um, because they are in isolation. Like that is what's causing it to then engage with somebody who's reaching out. Um, A couple of good things to like help change that, you know, especially if like this is causing depression on you, this everything that's going on right now. One big thing that I've noticed like personally in myself, I'm like, if I watch too much, not even TV, but too much news, like especially right now, like 90% of it is about this pandemic that's happening. It just starts to suck you down this rabbit hole where you're like, gosh, like I really, because me personally, 
I don't know anyone who has this or has had this. And I don't even know anyone who knows someone who's had this. You know, like you'll always know. Yes, a, you do. I do. Mm-hmm. My kid's aunt had it. I, but I don't know your kid's aunt. So you that met doesn't, her. Well, maybe. You picked my kids up from her house once. How old was I? This was like two years ago. Oh, so I was like 13. <laughs> I'm I didn't just even saying like you do. Then. Oh, you okay. just don't know you Okay, do. maybe one person then. But I mean, in my realm of people, like I really don't know anyone. But we're letting this thing that's so wildly affecting our lives just take over, you know, where I'm like, I know people who've died from cancer. I know people who've died in car accidents. Overdosed. I know people who have overdosed. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen people die from so many other things with such bigger numbers. What were we watching yesterday? We were watching PD Cam. And they were rescuing someone from being ran over. Not, their car got ran over by a train. No, the the car went under the train. The yeah. the train. And like the statistic at the end of it, like sixty five hundred or fifty eight hundred no, or 50, so. yeah, like fifty eight hundred people die a year from that. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> these numbers like are close to the coronavirus. I'm like, they don't stop driving trains, or like you're not allowed to drive anywhere near a train track because. It kills people, you know, and I get it. I'm not I'm not making lightly of it and saying that it doesn't matter. But I'm like, we have let this thing completely consume our lives to where yeah. we're completely like you can't even drive down the street without. Yeah. And I think it's funny and it might be a couple of you guys that I'm going to make fun of right now. But people who are driving down the street with their rubber gloves on and their mask on in their car. And I'm like, you literally just took all the germs and everything from wherever you were. <laughs> And, brought and now them brought them car. into your car, <laughs> you know, and now yeah. you're wearing the stuff around all the time. So you guys, if that's you, take your gloves off, take your gloves you off get in your car by grabbing the the end of your glove and pulling it and then grabbing the wrist of your glove and pulling them in inside out together yeah. and throwing, disposing of them. So you're not touching all this stuff and touching your property and taking this stuff all over if you think that. But you, here's what here's what everyone's got, and this is why everyone's dealing with mental health issues. It is fear-driven and fear-based. And you would not let your kids make any decision based on fear. Right. You wouldn't raise your children that way. If your child was afraid, you wouldn't let that fear inform how they go to school, how they dress, who they interact with, what they... I mean, unless their life's, like, unless gunned ahead. But... You teach your kids differently, and we are all succumbing to this fear of what's going to happen. Now, everything's going to open back up, but the coronavirus isn't going to magically have gone away because businesses are open because now. Because Cardi B sang a song about it, so it's here forever, you guys. <laughs> it you is haven't here heard forever. Cardi B's, type in coronavirus Cardi B remix, and it's brilliant. It's been around a long time. I know most of you have seen it, but you want a good laugh? Yeah. It's it. I should have it queued up right now, but... But you don't. I don't. Um, but I think that we're dealing with, like, self-imposed anxiety because we're allowing ourselves to be ruled by fear. Um, and we are feeding our minds all the statistics and all the news and all the things. And when we talk to people, right, all we talk about is the coronavirus and how it's impacting our lives. And when we go to the store, we're seeing the impact with the gloves and the masks and the you know, the partitions in between everyone and the six feet apart. And, you know, overnight, everything changed so fast. And I think that 
um, our realities have changed and now we're just, we're letting that overtake our sense of reasoning, our sense of self-worth, um, overtake even our friendships. Right. We're scared to be around our friends. Um, and people are starting to view human relationships as wrong on some level or bad. And that's really, really unfortunate. And I will tell you, when you start getting back out there, if you've been in true isolation and you have been in your apartment or in your home and you really haven't gone anywhere, I want you to prepare yourself for the first time you interact face-to-face with someone that you've really missed or loved or cared about. You know, it's it's jarring. And I want you to prepare yourself for Cardi B. Sorry, I had to, I had to link everything up. Sorry, you guys, lots of language. Wait, wait, wait. This is not the song. We need the song, you guys. Anywho. Hang on. I'm going to look up the song while you. So, I mean, to Eric's point, you got to find the humor in it, right? Because if you can't laugh about it. We're going to laugh about this. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. I'm telling you, shit is real. Come on. Shit is Cardi B is out of control. Is this not the music video? Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Are we oh, going to get copyrighted? No, it's not a real song. This is one of them. This isn't the one I was looking for, though. Dear God. There's some good ones out there, you guys. Um... So, I say that... Keep going. We're just going to dance while you do this. Mental health outweighs fear right now, and mental health outweighs... I mean, if you're sick and you're depressed, it's much worse than if you're sick and mentally healthy. How many people have you known who have been just wanting to give up on life and their health just deteriorates? And so I think that we also don't understand the importance of our mental health right now. So um, ha- make a point to see your friends, you know, <laughs> I or mean, contact them like or not even see them. I mean, just no, sending a message like see check your in friends. Well, yes, but that's great. But also, like, if you can't see your friends for some reason, at least check in with people, you know, and understand see them if you can. Great. But. And understand and extend grace too. If you're not well received and you're reaching out, you know, somebody might be dealing with something on the other end of that. You know, depression is a real thing. People are angry. People are sick of this. People are over it. People are struggling in their relationships because they can't get away from each other. You know, I think that if you're trying to reach out and you're being a good friend and that friend isn't able to reciprocate your excitement or your level of, and th- you know, like if, if your friend's not reciprocating that to you, I would just right now also extend grace and just say, Hey, I'm here. If you need anything when you're ready, let's, you know, have a yard, a drink in our yard and hang out, you know, let's go for a walk on the beach. Let's, let's go for a hike. Let's go for a car drive. There's, you know, let's, let's go do something that is socially distanced acceptable. I don't know what that is. And fuck social distancing. Also, if your mental health 
is suffering from it. Like at some point, invite a friend into your home. I'm doing sign language interpretation for your speech. Yeah. So I know, and you know, I, I, it's just really taking, and, and do all the things, right? Like exercise. All the things. Nobody likes this. Like I'm trying to, to encourage people to You've exercise. you a group going. Right? I do. I have a texting. Well, it's, it's not a group text because that gets annoying, especially with like. Hockey. Group texts are just nobody knows each other. So then it's like, who are these people? I don't really care about you. So I have a, a group of people I text one-on-one, and we just text each other our workouts. Um, one of my friends texts me her weight every week, and, um, you know, it's just whatever. And it's just an encouraging thing. It's not a shameful thing. It's not a you didn't work out. You could or, start this for a Facebook. You could start a Facebook group for this if we have enough people interested. Maybe message you on Facebook. Message Blended yeah. Life or DM us on Instagram or something. If this is something maybe you're interested in. Be like, hey, I'm interested in this workout nonsense you're talking about. Yeah. And what I found out about this, because what it is, is like we text each other what how we move our body every day. It's yoga. It's core workout. It's My, my it's mom walking. just told me my, my grandpa got hit by a train. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> my grandpa got hit by a train. My sister got ran over by a car. <laughs> you guys have really bad luck. They have really bad luck. Okay. I've only been divorced once. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, my, and maybe you guys could start this with your friends or people, you know, I have become close, closer friends now with people that were acquaintances who just wanted to be in this texting situation. And it's been really big. What is more important than us texting each other, our workouts and that accountability and that encouragement and inspiration is awesome because it, I'm like, oh, I got to text everyone, so I better get my workout in. Um, And that helps me. But it's so encouraging to hear, like, great job. You're doing awesome. You know, it's that encouragement and those words of just affirmation mean so much more than even just seeing each other's workouts. So much more than your husband could tell you. You need them from other people, too. You tell me words of affirmation? All the time. You just don't pay me $150 an hour to tell you. How beautiful you are. So anyway, um, but that's a fun way to do that. You know, you can, I would just send out encouraging texts, even to your friends. You know, it doesn't have to be like, and you're really good about this. Um, You know, let your friends know you're thinking of them. Um, Don't expect anything back. Just, you know, tell your friends something you like about them. Like, hey, I really love how funny you are. Or, or tell them about all the people in your family that have been hit by things. You know, my grandma. Okay. My grandma. I'm trying to be encouraging, but we're just going to talk about death instead. Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grandpa got hit by a train. Sister got ran over by a car. Okay. <sighs> Someone got hit with an ugly stick. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> These are the words of affirmation, affirmation I get. Now you guys witness what I'm talking about. I didn't say you. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Everything's about me. Everything's about I me. I know. It's exactly. Everything's about you. Not me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, find creative, encouraging, like encourage each other and don't expect anything back. I think what you put out there matters a lot and it'll lighten your mood and it'll lighten your heart. Um, and, you know. But I think it is taking a toll on everyone, and I think that people don't realize it. And I think that when people are having attitudes or moody or whatever, 
Um, maybe it's because they're not trying to fight about something that's annoying them and maybe, or maybe it's just, they don't understand. They don't even realize how depressed or upset this is making them or how hungry they are. Oh my gosh. Or how hungry they are. Feed them. Feed them. All right. This is the world's longest episode. We have a lot to go. We're not there yet. Why? To the world's longest episode. We're almost there. We are. We need to get to our last topic. Let's go. Come on. Okay, so this is going to be kind of long, so hang in there, everyone. Okay. Or pause now and come back later for part two. Um, well, You're calling the shots now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So somebody, and I got permission to talk about this, So, but somebody wrote in, and I'm just going to read you what she wrote. She said, hi, I've been watching and listening to you guys, and I'm so happy I found an outlet for myself. I am a stepmom. And I put it in quotes because my boyfriend and I are not married, but I'm doing everything a stepmom would do. However, my boyfriend and his son have a very, had his son at a very young age. So his son's mother and him never went to court to figure logistics out. That was all fine and dandy when I wasn't in the picture. But now that we're going on three years and things have progressively become more serious, I think his son's mother got really upset about everything that had to do with me. So she filed for child support and has been doing a lot of shady stuff. Well, the coronavirus comes and she decides to keep his son for over a month without any contact, and she didn't even have him call on my boyfriend's birthday. Fast forward through that, she was asked to go back to work, and now all of a sudden... She's being all peachy again because she needs help with finding someone to watch their son. Well, my boyfriend is an essential worker and I am a teacher, so obviously I'm the only option. However, it enrages me that her actions are so vile and then I'm supposed to just do whatever she needs. It also sucks because their son has been kind of a jerk whenever I have him for eight hours to do his schoolwork, go outside, etc., and he treats me unkindly and disrespectfully. I found myself crying today because I just felt like I'm not seen and I'm basically like a glorified babysitter sometimes. I do this for my boyfriend to relieve stress for him from him, but I find myself becoming more stressed than ever. The situation is not healthy. It's super toxic. Things are so wishy-washy with no legal schedule or agreement. At the beginning, we had his son all of the time. She wasn't really in the picture much. But then I think once her son took a liking to me in the beginning, everything changed for the worse. I find our relationship, me and the son, to be very bumpy lately, and that upsets me so much. My partner is not the best communicator and I feel like he just doesn't know what to do. I'm hoping to get solidified answers in court in June because I'm just exhausted. Um. Oh, you have like two more pages? <laughs> so she said, I guess my que- here are my questions. How do you deal with a malicious mother who has been alienating her child from their father? We'll start. There's four questions. That's question one. Okay. So how do you deal with a malicious mother who is alienating her child from their father? You don't. You can't. You can't control you can't control the other person and that's we were talking about this earlier. You can't. All you can do is control your own situation and show that kid love and 
express to them that you love them and that really you just have to you have to communicate the best you can when you can but when the other parents doing what they're doing it's completely out of your control unless there is court orders with phone calls or visitations or you really cannot control what goes on in the other household yeah and you know you don't negotiate with terrorists right you (laughs) You have a 10 year old terrorist (laughs) but really like you don't negotiate with terrorists so a malicious person is going to be a malicious person if that's who their makeup is. If that's just who they are. And a lot of times... There's if, nothing you can do to change who somebody is. Yeah, and a lot of times if you do or you try to and you fight with them or you argue with them, a lot of times they just get more malicious. They get so vicious. Now you're and, giving them reason yeah, to. Yeah, because you're fueling that fire and they love that. Yeah. And we're about to lose Instagram. Sorry, you guys. Um. So, yeah, so... By Instagram when we lose you. You can't. Like, you can't control them. And it's so frustrating, but this is also going back to what we were talking about earlier. You just, you have no control of the other people and no say in it. And we give this advice. This isn't brand new advice. I'm sure our listeners are like, gosh, you always say this and it's just not helpful. What do I do? (laughs) Um, There is no to do. All, All you can do is control your reactions to what's going on. You know, so how are you reacting in response to her malice? You don't go to her level. You don't even acknowledge it because acknowledging it just gives it power. You know, you kind of just have to exist and parent and live in spite of a shitty person. Right. And doesn't mean that you have to ignore them all. 100% 100% either, but be a little choosy. Like you said, be choosy. Don't play. But don't like, play. don't yeah. engage in the malice. But if they're willing to get along, engage in the, engage in the, right. The Reward nice good behavior with your, and eventually you'll train them. But if, <laughs> if they're just going to be shitty, like you'll just, train them. just leave it and be like, huh, I'm not answering that. But then, yeah. you know, two days later, they ask you a nice way and they're being cordial about it. Like, okay, I'll work with this. Yeah. And eventually they're going to learn that's the only re- that's the only way that you're going to respond to this. Yeah. You so. respond to respectful and engagement. Treat, and treat others how you want to be treated. So just because they're being like that to you, like you said, don't stoop to their no, level. No, because then that gives them free reign. Yep. Like if you're going to do that back for them, you're basically just like, here's all the permission in the world to treat me like shit because I'm going to do it back to you. Right. And... And then it never gets better. It never gets better. So um, it's, you know, being a step parent is no joke. Um, You have to deal with a lot. You have to swallow a lot of sand. It just kind of is what it is. But um, with the parent alienation, that's a real thing. And I feel like you need to handle that in court, right? right? You do. And you know this. You know that you need to handle this in court. Um, and so you need to get a custody schedule in the books so that she can't take a child away from a parent for a month with no contact. That's absolutely asinine. Um, so that is, you have to go down the legal road to handle that. You might be able to, they, they might be able to work it out in mediation, but I would venture to warn you, this isn't your battle as a stepmom. You need to allow your husband, or I'm sorry, your boyfriend to fight this himself. He's going to have to, this is his cause, and be a support to him. Don't make him feel bad or guilty or 
pressured. Also, like, it's not helpful for you to keep poking the bear. He already yeah. feels a certain way about having to deal with his ex and not seeing his son. And to have you making it worse for him on any level well, and also isn't don't, help. It's just not good. And don't bond over this battle. Like, don't let this be something that you guys are like, yes, like, we're just going to go full-fledged with this, and this is going to be, like, our newfound glory. Because that is also, like, you're basically building a foundation out of loose sand. Like, eventually it's going to give way. Yeah. And it's just, it's not a healthy place. Yeah. And eventually there's going to be nothing left of it. So. Yeah. All right. Question two. Before you go to question two. Si, senor. My mother says you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And then. Agree. Yeah. So, Darcel says, I'm sorry if I butcher names. I'm really bad with names. But agree 100%, respond, don't react to them, don't go down to their level, then you're as bad as them. Yep, amen. That's right. Listen and learn from our mistakes, everyone. Um, How do you deal with somebody filing child support against your partner when they are the ones paying for everything to begin with? (laughs) Well, I could so relate to that. Like, here's the problem. The court doesn't care. And it's so crappy because you want to support your kids. You want to give your kids everything that you possibly can. And then all of a sudden you're like, I now I have to pay child support too. And this other parent's not going to pay for anything. And it took a long time to get to the point where you're just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to pay the child support. It's only going to be for X amount of years, but I'm not going to let that dictate how I treat my kid and how I spend money on my kid and it sucks because I truly know you you see you you're like well my kid hasn't had new clothes in forever my kid hasn't had new shoes since I bought them last you know in the other home in the other home right you start seeing this stuff and you're like what the heck is my money being used for but you just have to eventually just let it go and not think about it because it'll it'll kill you There's literally, there's nothing else unless you keep going back to court and modifying. Like now that she's working again, he might be able to go back and modify. But the thing is, as soon as she gets laid off again or he starts making more, it constantly does this thing. So get it to a point where it's like, all right, we're comfortable here. It's not a lot of money that, you know, that's not killing us. You basically are just going to have to learn to live with it. And that was the hardest thing for me to hear. Yeah, you know, you can let this ruin your life. You can let this be the the hill you die on. Um, but it's it's something that is court order, that is a calculator. They don't really take into account. It's garbage, you guys. They it's don't garbage. take into account 10 million other factors that come into play. Like you're the only parent that buys those clothes or those shoes or... You know, but here's the deal. for all the sports. Because or- you can't control child support. And you have to allow your, I mean, you don't have to provide for the other household. So just because you buy or your boyfriend buys your stepson a bike or a Nintendo Switch or a a cool shirt that they want, um, you know, because you, you don't have to 
provide that for the other home. So you do have some control on, because here's the deal, like if that, and this is what I would tell my kids, if my kids really wanted to take something to their dad's house, I'm like, but is your dad going to replace it if it breaks? Because I can't afford to buy you a new one. And so that was always my hesitation about sending things that were costly over there. Um, And so you can explain to kids, kids get it. And it's okay for kids to see two different ways of life, you know, to. That's what bugs me so much about the child support thing. It's like, well, we need need to even it up between the households for the two kids. I'm like, wait, let them see decisions matter. You know, like our, our society and our youth is getting so soft because I mean, I remember this hockey game that we had this season that I'm like for the kids when they were younger, it was like, we're no longer going to keep score. Everyone wins. I'm like, wait, that's not life. I think we've talked about this before. Like we're just making these kids soft. Like you need to learn to win and lose. You need to learn that if you lose that you need to work harder to win next time or what you need to do differently. And I think that if there's a household that provides a lot or has a has a certain lifestyle of living and then the other household doesn't have such a great way of living, it's good for the kids to see that, in my opinion. I'm like, let the kids understand that this set of parents or this parent does this and that's why they live this way and this parent or this set of parents do this and that's why they live that way. Right. And let them make decisions based off that. I wish I wish our court systems and society would allow for something like that because kids need to see a lot of consequences things and consequences and of rewards. life choices. That's it. Yeah. You know, but money is a really, really, really tough thing. Everyone feels entitled to everyone's money. Um, and I get that on some level, I guess, but I think that there needs, you know, I don't know, even if you had to pay child support, don't you feel some sort of pride to be able to pay for everything for your kid? Like yeah, you wish I it still, were different, I, I do but both. it's, you know, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm paying child support, but that the buck doesn't stop there. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to continue to pay for everything so else and provide. I would be like. I would think the world of your boyfriend, if he had to pay child, like if, if I were you, you know, like you have a boyfriend who's paying child support. And on top of that, he's providing for his son above and beyond. And that's a pretty amazing thing. You it's, know, not a lot of, not a lot of parents, not a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shitty parents out here, out there who don't step up like that. And if you found yourself a man who's willing to step up in both areas, you know, that's a good man. That's well, somebody who's really responsible and who wants the best for their kid. But also don't let it remind him. And if you ever hear it, maybe say something about it in private. Um, and I'm not saying that he does it this way. But also keep in mind that just because he's paying child support and providing for the kid, don't let that get don't let that get used on the kid to be like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like. Don't use it to to give the kid a guilt trip because the kid has zero say in this and kids only see what their parents do. Yeah. You know, so don't let it ever be a factor of like, you know, who's who and what's what. Yeah. Anyways. And my advice is that you as the girl, especially as well, you girlfriend, 
don't deal with stepmom at all or don't deal with bio mom at all, right? Like you should not be engaging in any talk. Unless you guys just get along great and it just works that way because we have seen that, but it doesn't sound like that. But it's not your battle to fight. You know, it's not your, it's not your paycheck that's going to be garnished for child support, you know? And so how do you deal with someone? You don't deal with her. First of all, like you need to stop feeling like you're in the middle of it. It sounds like from what I'm reading that you've put yourself in the middle of your boyfriend who you love a lot and the bio mom who's crazy. And you need to remove yourself from that and align yourself more with your boyfriend as a support and kind of just be there to support him and let him figure it out. Because you will go crazy. You have no power. You have no control over it. Okay, moving on to question three. How do I set boundaries with my stepson without my partner taking offense? Hmm. <laughs> That's a sticky wicket. But I think, first of all, it's normal. Well, I just don't want her to think that it's like his her boyfriend's being crazy about that. That's a normal it's thing. It's normal for parents right. to get easily offended about their children. Right. Everyone does. And it doesn't usually go away for a long time or ever. Ever. Or probably ever. Probably ever. 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 <laughs> it's so much fun. We deal with this. So yes, I do. Yes. Um, so you you can set boundaries. I think if it's, it's reasonable for you to sit with your boyfriend and say, if I'm responsible for him on my own for eight hours a day, here's my rules. Here's what my expectations are, you know, and approach it from just like very cut, dry, black, white, not emotional. You know, you're not mad, you're not accusatory, you're not hurt. You're just like, if, if this is, if I'm expected to have him eight hours a day, which I'm willing to do and I'm doing, then I have boundaries for myself right. to be able to do this and not lose my mind. And even though this sounds or feels right now very thankless or you're just not seeing the fruits of your labor, you are digging those roots so deep and planting such healthy seeds if you're taking the time to do stuff like this that your stepson might not appreciate now and he might be, you know, kind of awful to you. Yeah, I forget what the word was. But he might just not be great to you right now. But years down the road, he's going to remember that you were the one there, that you cared for him and that you took care of him. And maybe you guys had fun games that you played or a special show that you watched or books that you read, whatever it might be. And he's going to remember that stuff as he gets older. And those are going to be the good memories. He's not going to remember, you know, all the crappy stuff. If you can help shield him from that and just treat him with kindness. I mean, it's, he's going through a lot right now. Did she mention his age? You know, but it really, it kind of doesn't matter if he's, if he's young enough to be watched, you know, or, or babysat, he's young enough that it's forming his life. It's molding him into somebody right now. And you have a huge opportunity to be such a blessing on this kid's life Mm -hmm. and, and 
form great things for him. So teaching him things, you know, not just setting him in front of a TV and being like, well, I'm in the other room if you ever need me, you know, but you have time, you have time on your hands and you can use it on this kid, like do it because you can make a great person. Yeah. And I, I think honestly, kids are having the hardest time out of anyone with this isolation and this pandemic and this country shut down. I know I am struggling. (laughs) You know, and I think kids, especially this child who didn't see his dad for a month and no contact, you know, what a mind fuck, really. Um, And then now he's back in your home. How confusing. Right. Um, And, you know, kids are smart, but kids aren't talked to or treated like they're smart. You know, kids aren't reasoned with or told what's going on. Kids just kind of have to be along for the ride. Um, And so I would also really take into consideration that, you know, your stepson's probably struggling a lot right now. I know all of our kids are, but especially him and he's acting out and that's normal. All kids act out. Um, and stepkids, especially when they feel unsafe, you know, when they don't know if I go to mom's, am I going to not see my dad for a month? Like, what is that? Um, that's really, really, really hurtful. And so super important to get a court order in place. So that doesn't happen, but, um, give it time, be patient. You know, it, it might be rocky now it'll smooth out. And if it doesn't, you know, just be consistent. Be consistent and be there and be okay if it, you know, this is something that if before you walk down the aisle, before you say I do and commit your life to this child and this man, you know, you really need to stand with if things never get better, can I do this for the rest of my life? Right. If this relationship with my stepson stands as it is now, because that's possible. It's just as possible as it smooths out and it goes back to normal. You know, if, if it, how's it stands now, if I can live with that until he's out and possibly the rest of my life, then, you know, let like sit with that. I don't think enough people do that. All right. Question number four, how do you form a relationship with a stepchild when their bio parent is talking really bad about you? Um, you don't address it. You don't address it. And you prove them wrong by doing the right thing. It doesn't matter what the other person's saying about you. They're going to say anything and everything. It might be good. It might be bad. The fact of the matter is you're not going to know exactly what they're saying about you. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your time assuming what they're saying about you. Just assume that you're going to be the best person that you can be and that you are going to be the best role model and don't worry about the other person. Like we said before, Yeah. like just do you be the best person you can and that's all you can do and that's really that's all that matters because even though mom bio mom's saying all this or you know chirping in her kid's ear about this your action speaks so much louder than what is being said and basically what you're going to do by doing the right thing and doing opposite of what the mom is saying you're going to prove to that kid, without saying anything, you're going to prove to that kid that mom's a liar and she was wrong. And eventually, son's going to see through all this. That's right. And it's not going to be anytime soon. 
You know, say the kid's five years old, you know, it might not be until they're 15, 20, 25 years old that they see through this. I mean, there's so much stuff that happened when you were a little orphan child that you didn't start seeing until your 30s, right? Yeah. That was a long time ago. And so that's what I mean. You need to be okay with if things don't change, can I live with this forever? Because by the time you're 30 years in, it'll feel like fucking forever. Forever. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eric's movie. right. You know, eventually the bio mom's words and your actions aren't going to match. And so kids are smart. They're going to see that disconnect. Like what mom's saying isn't actually true because what I'm seeing and witnessing and living with my stepmom is very different. You know, kids are also smart. They know that bio yes, mom are. isn't living with stepmom. You know, bio mom might be saying all this, but they don't actually have any firsthand knowledge. They're not in the house day to day interacting, seeing, experiencing all the things. So, um, are you waving all me the down? Things. I'm doing sign language interpretation for you. Oh, all are the you going to do dance, interpretive dance for me too? Nope. Oh, I, well, I feel like it. Like I'm, I'm getting sore sitting here. I don't like sitting for long periods of time. So you need, you just need to form a relationship with your stepchild naturally. Stop putting so much pressure on it. And stop worrying about it. Stop worrying so much about it. Just exist. Just be. Take it day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, you know. And that's something that today I got, I was thinking about everything I had to do. And I was like, big picture, I was so overwhelmed. And then it was like somebody wrote me, it was my exercise group. I love my exercise group. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying how much I had to do today to everyone and, Somebody said, you know what? Just take it task by task. And I'm like, that's it. Thank you. Like, I know that. But to have somebody put that out there again for me to listen, I'm like, yes, it doesn't seem so horrible when it's just task by task. When you can get through this day, you know, when you're looking at all the days, it's it's too much. You know, when you're looking at day by day, it's what? What are you pointing at? I didn't point at anything. I didn't. Do we look I, down there? I pressed that button. Oh. You're pointing at your dick. Wow. Anyway, that's all the questions. If you have anything else that you... If we didn't answer anything or you have questions about anything that we discussed and this is, you know, write us about... It's just all really hard. Like, I just hear how lost she is. I mean... I feel you. Like, we've all... We've both been there and not even that long ago... And I feel like a lot of the listeners and viewers understand this. So if you guys have more insight on this or you feel like we missed something or you could add to something or we were just completely wrong on something, write in and let us I know. I mean, she signs it sincerely, a very lost girl who definitely did not think her fairy tale would entail these things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. But none of us do. I mean, that's not the way that we picture things. But you know what? It doesn't matter if I mean, you're married forever gender, or not. Wrong gender, but you're being a knight in shining armor. Like you're really you're showing up for someone Every, that there's no needs gender you. anymore. Oh yeah, there isn't. Unless you're four years old, then you can choose. Right? Isn't that a thing? I don't know. Anyways, you guys. <laughs> but and you know, you just get yourself a good support system too. If you're a stepmom, you know, connect with other stepmoms. Um I don't know, if you have church, like a lot of times there's really good support systems for stuff like this at church. You no, just, there's not. Oh, I'm just kidding. There's not. 
That is the reason we started that because there is no support I'm groups talking, for blended family like group, and stepmoms at church. I'm just saying systems. There's people. Me? There's lots of people there. There should be that are going through. Do you know how many you. blended families sit in churches? Oh my gosh! Hey, can you guys hear that? But there's firefighter widow support group. Do you hear that? Blended family. Support it's the end group. of our podcast. Can you hear that? Don't get me started. Anyways, you guys, thanks for listening to us, watching us, leaving those thumbs up, subscribing. Um, leaving those five star reviews. If you guys are interested in learning where I got this beautiful sign with this beautiful young lady on it, isn't she the prettiest? I'm gonna turn it this way so I can stare at her. She's just the prettiest. Anyways, I put a link in our YouTube bio, and I'll put or, or message us if you guys are like, where do we get those? How do we need to find? They can them? ship anywhere. They can ship anywhere. So and it's and it's quick and it's neat. You get to watch the whole process. So thank you guys for tuning in and being here with us and sharing your blended family experiences with us. And we just enjoy all of you guys. Did I say everything? Like us on Facebook, Instagram. Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye, you guys.